Folks, if you love Mega like we think you do, do us a small favor. Join the Patreon. It's the number one way to support a small podcast like ours. The year we had was, well, I wouldn't say we didn't get our asses kicked with strikes and podcasting budgets getting slashed. So why not just head over and give it a try? You can do a free trial on Patreon. If that's not in your plan, at the very least, share your favorite episode of Mega with a friend and leave us a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcast. We'd love to keep going, and we can't do it without you. Thanks. I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, but when my friend Clay Mason Bannerman and I want to impress our new lady friends, Tiffer and Mickey, we don't even have to take them to a restaurant. That's because we have an entire freezer stocked full of butcher box, and that includes high-quality meat and seafood that we can trust. It's so convenient. It's delivered right to our doorstep, and there's always free shipping. I mean, where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Tiffer and Mickey love it, and so will you. At least one of them is always around asking when the new ButcherBox is arriving. Sign up at ButcherBox.com mega and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional 20 bucks off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com mega and use code MEGA to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus 20 bucks off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Mega is an improvised satire from the staff of a fictional mega church. We are here. The Lord, we are here. And we're ready, ready to I'm Hallie Labonte, and this is Mega the Podcast, coming to you from Twin Hills Community Church, where we are giving our mega church a tiny family feel by introducing you to members of a church staff and community what a true treat and a true treasure as usual i am joined by my co-host he's the youth pastor for our high school ministry called climax please welcome gray highs everybody hey hallie how are you i'm blessed my brother how are you well another chapter in the saga Oh, with the Toad the Wet Sprocket guy? Right. So for those of you who don't know, uh, I am in sort of a tit-for-tat thing going on right now that's actually verged into the illegal with uh, Glenn Phillips of Toad the Wet Sprocket. Basically what happened is, uh, you know, uh, he said I stole his song. Really, um, it was an original song given to me by the Holy Spirit that was then stolen by another person that then he stole from that person. But basically, Hallie, it's just been a mess. It's he's, a feud. It's a full-blown feud. He's threatened me with legal action. I've also threatened back with legal action. Uh, then last weekend, my condor was uh, broke into by someone. I'm not sure. Completely ransacked. I had to move back in. Oh, with... it was Glenn Phillips. Oh, yeah. That's what I think. Uh, they still haven't put the pieces together, so I have to stay with my friend Clay Mason right now. And You're still at Clay's? Well, yeah, Hallie. I can't go back to my Why? condo. Because it's a complete crime scene, Hallie. There's just two... It's an active crime scene. Oh, the cops said stay away, huh? Yeah, they can't even... They're, they're still fingerprinting everything. They can't find oh. a single fingerprint. Whoa. I wonder if Glenn Phillips is one of those psychopaths who, like, slowly through the decades, like, has chopped off his own right, fingerprints. Right, or sanded them off or yeah. dipped them in acid or something, probably. <gasps> So, Hallie, I thought that was behind me. You know, I'm just trying to put one foot in front of the other. And, uh, you know, I'm really excited because this was the first week back with my kids. Um, and we had a leadership council meeting, which is sort of my best kids uh, deciding the direction of what we're going to do in Climax for our programming. Now, awesome. uh, one of my kids, and I don't like to say names, but her name is Lacelyn Gunt. 
Uh, Lacelin had a great idea, and it was basically we're going to do some truss falls mm. where, you know, we thought, you know, now is now we've been in this quarantine, it would be a great time to do some truss falls just to get each other, just, you know, hugging each other again yeah, because yeah. everybody's so scared. Yeah. And so we were doing this exercise um, where we would run around the room and someone would try to get far away from the group and say falling. And then we would all run as fast as we could to catch them before they hit the ground. And then we would get to do this. So it was basically like a trust fall, but using the whole space. I'm really into using the whole space. And that was really going great. Everybody was having fun. No one was falling. Hallie, um, at one point I checked my phone and I looked down and I realized that, hey, this is weird. I'm getting all sorts of text messages from, um, you know, I like to, that I'm into cryptocurrency. I've told you that before. Yeah, it's so cool. Well, you know, I have a bunch of Godcoin, which is this new cryptocurrency. And uh, I just checking my, you know, Godcoin account uh, while the, the youth were running around. And I just noticed all my God, I, I owned about two and a half million Godcoins. Yeah. They're gone. What? All of them are drained out of my account, Hallie. Do you think it's Glenn Phillips? Well, that's the thing. I think now he's go- he's going after, you know, he's basically, he's ransacked my apartment. Now he's trying to ransack my life. And I mean, two and a half million God coins, that's about, I don't know, it was about $180 worth of God coin. Wow. So I freaked out and I just yelled stop and... All the kids stopped to look, except for Lacelin Gunt was sort of all the way over in a corner, and she had just said falling. Mm. And so, Hallie, I hate to say it, but she just, she fell, she just pulverized her face on on one of the risers, and, uh, you know, no one was there to catch her. So... I was trying to wrap it up with, you know, a talk about how God is always there to catch you. And it just, the, the you know, the metaphor didn't really work because... Well, God was with her when she was falling. You know? Right, right. And I, t- I tried to explain that to her, but, you know, she actually split her head wide open and oh. we had to call the, the ambulance. Oh, um, no. So I think she got a pretty bad concussion. I don't think she's going to remember much. But, um, you know, Hallie, I'm trying to look at the positives, which, uh, you know, this is just another piece of evidence that I can give to the police when it comes to uh, getting Glenn Phillips into a corner. Glenn Phillips might be one of those guys. What's it called when you know how to, like, uh, snoop around on the dark web and all that? What are those guys called? Um, Internet perverts? Oh, yeah, maybe. How was your week, Hallie? Well, I have to tell you that um, uh, Day also, he was so excited to come to Climax and that, you know, you were all back together gathering again. He's been so lonely. He's stuck at home with his siblings. And he uh, he liked the one you did. He said that you had everybody in the gymnasium doing the, um, here at Twin Hills, doing the Angels and Demon game. Oh, yeah, that's fun. Where you pick one person in the room and you don't say who. And you just say, okay, that one over there. Uh Daryl Whitehead is he's gonna be my uh demon. Right. He's trying to kill me. And then you pick someone over there. Oh, Nikki DeMillionaire, she's my angel. Right. And then everyone and then you say go and you have to keep your angel between you and your demon, but everybody's right. doing it at the same time. So it, they're just scattering all over the gym. Uh uh Day came home, he had two rips in his jeans, but Ugh. he was happy as could be. But he said there were like twelve sprained ankles and a, oh, and, I know. And, a and he said a cracked skull, but I didn't realize that was from the other game. And I said, Hey, you know what? Rip jeans are cool. And and I showed him my jeans, which I've always got some, like, well-placed, you know, uh, rips that I, you know, obviously I don't put them in. I buy them that way. 
Yeah. It's funny because my youngest has been having these demon nightmares lately. Oh, really? And Yeah. And she's like, Mom, demons are trying to, um, they're like coming down on me in the middle of the night. And, and, they're, and they're like scary monsters with talons and everything. And um, it's always just so weird when kids are saying, hey, you know, I'm having nightmares about this because, you know, I'm like, hey, that's just stuff we said to you during the daytime. When you sleep, you should just be able to go to sleep. I know. I wish I could make my dreams be about, like, flying and, um, you know, being my goal weight and stuff. Like, it's a dream. Let's make it good, you know? Right. You don't always have to make your dreams about stuff that you've learned during the day. Just forget that stuff and go to bed. See? And the problem is I go into her room and she's all upset and she's crying and she's like, there's a demon and all this stuff. And, you know, the problem is, Gray, that I can't say, no, no, that's not real. Go to sleep. It's okay. I have to say, well, it's very real. And there are these invisible, monstrous demons with horrible talons and teeth and they are seeking to devour your soul at all times. In fact, you're surrounded by them. They could be climbing the walls right now, but... Just like your game you did in the gymnasium when you with your Climax kids, there are also angels in here. And That's you right. can call on the name of Jesus and you can summon an angel who will come down with a sword and will fight that demon. And so you can just go back to sleep. That's right. Yeah. You know, it's just sometimes you, you have to remind them of that, of like, hey, there is bad stuff, but there's also amazing stuff. And just think about the amazing stuff and put the bad stuff out of your mind. <laughs> Yeah, I'm ready to put the bad stuff out of my mind, brother. I will tell you that. It was so exciting. I don't know if you were able to come to the weekend services in the auditorium this weekend, but Steve was just killing it. Oh, he's on fire. He was absolutely on fire, and I thought it was so smart of him and just so wise and, and, and just what a leader to make it interactive with people because we're so starved for human interaction right now. And so the fact that, you know, we can only have half capacity in the auditorium, which is a real drag, just such a bummer. But we are like, you know what? We are going to stay positive because the fruits of the spirit are love, joy, peace, and patience. And um, But he did this cool, cool thing I wanted to share where he brought 10 people up and – they and he said, I want you to stand in a circle and put your arms around each other and make like a big, you know, uh, a firm circle, right? Where you're all attached to each other. And then he brought one more person up out of the uh, congregation and he said, Okay, so this person is outside the circle and everyone was facing in, you know, and then they have their arms around each other and they're hip to hip, shoulder to shoulder, and they're holding on to each other, making a tight circle. And so Steve said, um, Okay, so the person who's outside the circle, your goal is going to be to get inside the circle. And um, so the person went and started to try to come through you two and then tried to come through these two and then tried to go through those two. And everyone's like squeezing and holding kind of like a, a, an adult uh, reverse um, uh, Red Rover. Right. And um, it was so fun. And uh, the whole thing was that, uh, you know, out of the five services, uh, one of the guys got in. Um, and then two girls didn't get in. And then these two other guys didn't get in. So four out of the five, they didn't make it into the circle. And it was the coolest teaching moment, Gray, because Steve said afterwards, Steve said, you know, he let them do it for a while and everybody's laughing in the auditorium. They're like, this is so fun. This is the greatest church in the entire world. And I am part of a community that is just um, so exciting. And uh, and the teaching tool afterwards uh, was Steve said, I never said don't let the person into the circle. It's just so cool. I I just said, your goal is to get inside the circle. So he could have just walked up and said, hey, Gray, uh, may I come in? And Gray could have opened up. That's right. And he said, why was it everyone's instinct to keep 
him out or to keep her out. Why is that our instinct? That wasn't the instructions of the game. The game were just, okay, you all put your shoulders shoulder around each other and um, you, you go, get inside the circle. And it could have been as simple as him walking in and us embracing him. Why is our instinct not to embrace but to reject and to cast out? And, um, and uh, you know, that's the kind of community we want to be. You know, we want to be welcoming. We want to be inclusive. Right. Um uh, so I just thought that was a really powerful tool he used. That is great. There was also that thing this week that just broke my heart because my kids were talking about it, where this Christian rock band, Hawk Nelson, uh, <sighs> the lead singer, Hawk, is uh, saying that he doesn't believe in God anymore, I which know. is I, such a shame. You know, I, I, that's one of those things, Hallie, it just really uh, it just really peeves me off when, you know, you, okay, say you can leave God. But don't try to bring a bunch of people with you. I know. And that is just so, gosh, Hallie, it is just really irresponsible, I think. It made me want to invite Hawk Nelson to Twin Hills because if he could experience um, the love of God here the way we do it, um, I I think he'd change his mind. I don't know, Hallie. I don't think we want those those guys here. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Just like Jesus sweat blood in the Garden of Gethsemane, I'm sweating bullets because I'm so excited to introduce you to our guest today. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for your friend and mine, Mr. Jim Nifflin. Oh, it is such a pleasure to be here with you. Oh, Jim, I love you so much. I'm so happy to see you. Now, Jim, what is that you're wearing? It's just this amazing vest of many colors. It, it is, and it is hand crocheted. This is a vest of celebration that um, we are back open again, and people can enjoy the many adornments that I am placing on every wall I can find again. Just to give everyone a bit of background, Jim is in charge of any surface on the inside of the church that needs decoration for basically anything. Isn't that right, Jim? That's absolutely right. Indoor only. If the sun can't find it, Jim will. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like your specialty is cut flowers. And I think fresh flowers are s- something that just really makes any space feel um, intentional and lovely and, and full of excellence. It is my mission to return us back to the garden. And oh. I think the best way you can do that is to just cover every possible surface, vertical, horizontal, diagonal, with flowers, greenery. How I love taking those things in nature chopping them down, and then just stapling them to a wall 
it, I feel like it just it brings us right back to maybe where we began. Now, Jim, you have been in quarantine like the rest of us. What have you, I, I mean, how are you feeling and what have you been up to since, you know, the church has been closed. You've not been able to really practice your most beautiful skill. Uh, what, what, have we, what have you been doing? It's, it's been a nightmare. I didn't realize how much I was living through my decoration until it was, until it was taken away from me. You don't, right. you don't know your strongest limb until you've had it amputated. That's so without right. that canvas to decorate every Sunday or, or every day of the week, I, I, I think I went a little crazy. And I did get a little bit better at um, origami Ooh. by fashioning some, I mean, clothing, towels into rose shapes, lily shapes, even just kind of like a, like a blobby zinnia. And Ooh. up on the wall it went. It, oh, it, it so kept cool. me sane during oh. this darkest of times. Oh, thank goodness. Well, let me to ask you, Jim, because as a Christ follower, I wasn't sure about origami. If it's like Eastern influenced, if we were allowed to like that type of thing, or if it's like a slippery slope that's trying to pull people towards like Buddhist type of stuff, or if it's okay for Christians to like the crafty paper arts of origami. I went through that struggle myself. The bargain I struck with myself was um, Western flowers only. Oh God! That's no, good. no lotuses because they're right. they're so complicated. And I think, I mean, to use another floral metaphor, they're a pitcher plant as far as what they'll they'll suck you into, and and keep you there. So roses, mm. daisies, mm. Um, very patriotic flowers. You know, no, uh, even tiger lilies are just problematic. So mm. that was how I adapted origami for our use. And we can even just call it good old um, paper folding. You know, if we don't want to start bringing troubling words into our vocabulary. That's true. You know what, Jim, I have to tell you that I've always been a little bit grossed out. Uh, you probably don't know about this as a gentleman, but as a woman, when we go to baby showers, a lot of times they make us do these really, really embarrassing games and stuff. And one of them is that you got to eat some like melted baby Ruth uh, candy bars out of a diaper, you know, at a baby shower to get ready for your, you know, you, the diapers that are about to come your way by having a child. And I've always been totally grossed out by it, seeing a bunch of sophisticated ladies sitting around having cucumber sandwiches and then shoving their face into diapers to um, eat these melted candy bars. And it really sticks me out. And I have to tell you that what you did when you took all those clean, fresh diapers in the baby ministry and you turned them into like those kind of like paper Ikea lamps, like all hanging down from, you know, over all the little like um, nursery cribs. And it, it almost looks like a flock of seagulls in there and it's all diapers. And those are those are takeable. As I say, I, I like to think for each new life joining us, uh, they get a lamp and That's some people have refused them and that just means they go to the next person i think what a what more would a baby want to wake up and see than the the way the light is filtered in through the layers of those diapers it's so soft and it's so appropriate for such an angel rejoining us here on this earth yeah, that's so cool. Um, I liked that salt sculpture you made of Lot's wife when she turned around to look at Sodomy and Gomorrah. Oh, and now you are talking about my my moment of honor. Thank you again for posing for that. Oh, you are so welcome. I didn't think I could stand still for that long, but it was so fun because we got to gabbing the whole time. We did, and the best part was the little bit of movement that really kept me on my toes because we just we could not stop yakking. But it gave kind of a melting quality to her face as the lines would change as I would carve, which I think represented the horror that she must have been going through of wh why did I look? 
I know. It's like, and it, it's such a funny thing. You think about it like being more of a Lord of the Rings thing. Like the trolls didn't leave before sunrise and they turned into stone or something. And you're like, well, that sounds like sci-fi. And then here it is right there in the Bible. She turned into a pillar of salt. It's yet another thing from Lord of the Rings that translates directly back to the, the Bible. Isn't that so cool? Because Tolkien was a Christian. He absolutely was. And it, it's a shame when you think that, as I understand it, his contemporary C.S. Lewis just couldn't get it straight. So, Jim, you take all these disparate things, decoration, blank rooms, Tolkien, and you synthesize them into these amazing ideas. Where did you start? How did you start realizing that you could do these things? Fashion school. <gasps> really? Fashion. One year of the most troubled experience of my life. Okay, so you just made it one year. Oh, <laughs> not of my own choosing. But there is a reason I work almost exclusively with inanimate objects because I have a vision in my head. And when you're working with tin containers, water, salt, diapers, they don't fight back. And what I found was when you are designing for models, you know, people that uh, are also in the fashion world, but on the, on the wearing things side of it, it was, uh, it just was a constant battle that finally culminated in me literally trying to hot glue some silk streamers and these huge, enormous sunflower shapes to this, this petulant teenager who just would not be told what beauty was. And I was removed from the school. Wow. That is too bad. But you know what? That could have been God really trying to protect you and your um, morality. Because I'll tell you what, I've seen some of those reality shows with the fashion um, world. And I'll tell you what, they got the girls back there half naked. You're going to be around that. And um, it's going to cause your eyes to stumble. And, um, you know, I, I, I feel like that whole world of fashion can be very, very wicked. It's full of wicked, wicked people. I agree with you. So where were you when all this happened? Were you in New York? Were you in Paris? Milan? I was in Southern Virginia, just outside of D.C. Really? Oh, wow. By the nation's capital. The best thing is it's, it's the fashion world's best kept secret. Really? You couldn't find it if you wanted to. Oh, you know, was it Southwest Shenandoah University of Fashion? You know of it. I am impressed, sir. You know, I did have one of my Climax kids apply there. She did not get in. But yeah, Southwest Shenandoah University of Fashion, I've heard, is, is, is quite good. Oh, that sounds so cool. It is. And it's, you know, it's a little campus just nestled away in the woods, which just allows everyone to be free to reinvent themselves or to realize that they never needed to be reinvented in the first place because... I guess God got it right the first time. Awesome. See, that's what I think about fashion, Jim. I don't get it. Like, why do we need a fashion industry when it's really not going to change? You got your pants, your shirts, your skirts, your dresses. That's really, you know, you're, you're not, you can't reinvent the wheel type of thing. I just don't get it. But I think that decorating a church according to the church calendar, now that makes sense. Well, now I'm not uh, clothing bodies. Mm. I'm clothing the body of Christ. Mm. Oh, the, that's the church... What more shapely figure is there out there to find new and exciting looks for, you know, daily? And that's, yeah. I, I felt like I was born again myself this week as we're open again. I was able to, um, you know, to decorate. And that's even if we do have to be at whatever capacity, you know, and I say underpopulate, over decorate. 
Well, and you know, I love all the touches, you know, even when I came in today, the chandelier that you made out of N95 masks is just beautiful. Uh, how many masks is that? 95. Amazing. Wow. Which seemed appropriate. You know, Jim, remember, this is years ago, but I feel like it's when you and I first got closest, when we went on that Holy Land trip, when all the Twin Hillers, we all went on that Holy Land trip, and you and I were hanging out the day we went into the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus sweat blood, and, and, and you were so touched by the fact that, you know, kind of like when an inmate gets their last meal on death row, you said, isn't it neat that when Jesus, instead of a last meal, when Jesus knew he was going to die, he went to a garden, and he surrounded himself with flowers, and Jim and I were really surprised that in the Garden of Gethsemane, the real garden in the Holy Land, that um, it's got petunias, it's got pansies, it has all these annuals that we have back here. And I was like, that's so cool that Jesus was looking at flowers that I have like geraniums right outside my front door. And that's why anywhere can be our own personal Garden of Gethsemane. Wow. And I was just so happy that it was so well organized because, yeah. you know, it's going to be a bit of a downer no matter how you look at it. So I thought like, oh, are the, are the flowers going to be growing like hither and thither? Are there going to be weeds? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's adding insult to injury. But no, it was so well maintained. Well kept, yep. It really was. And speaking of Tolkien, there were all these gnarly knotted old trees, like these old olive trees and the trunks looked like they were a million years old. And it really did feel like we were in the Middle Earth, didn't it? You know, speaking of gardens and, and flowers and death, whatever happened to the model that you had to hot glue gun the flowers to? I only saw her during the trial. And again, I'm going to share with you something that I've just been, uh, I've kept inside for too long. You know, she, well, I'll say this. She gave the testimony that she had been coached to, to give. Uh, mm-hmm. That much was clear. Mm-hmm. But, um, and for much of the time, there was a barrier between us, a plastic barrier. But at one point, as we all were leaving and my uh, community service had been decided, she did pull me aside and I, she didn't even say thank you. She said merci, which I appreciated as wow. French is the language of fashion. Mm. She thanked me for what I had tried to do. And if I remember correctly, this might be my memory giving me what I want, but I don't think so. She was wearing a sunflower print. One thing that, you know, as a youth pastor that I'm always struggling with is just how to continue to evolve my fashion choices so I can stay relevant with the kids that I'm talking to. And if you'll notice, I'm sort of got, um, these are some parachute pants that I've got like full, they've got 12 zippers on each side and I've got a leather cuff like I usually wear. And then this is a deep V-neck shirt that is like sort of a twice deep V-neck that, um, you know, goes pretty low. And I just feel like when they see me in this kind of stuff, they're going, hey, I would love to learn a little bit more about Jesus because that guy seems like he's got everything together. And those are never going to go out of fashion. So, Jim, was it after the trial that you came to find Jesus? It was very soon after the trial, actually. Uh, Part of my community service was working with a small community. um, You know, there's the main Rose Bowl where that happens. This is one of the the lesser Rose Bowls. I mean, the Rose Bowl. That's amazing. What a great community service service to build a float or what? It it was. And this was more of a Jesus-themed Rose Bowl parade. So it was, um, in this case, it was the Arose Bowl. Oh, the the Arose Bowl. Bowl. The Arose Bowl. Oh, I love the Arose Bowl right here in Indy. And I will say, I didn't think I was up to the task. At first, I had never built a float before. I had never designed before in that way. And as I picked up the paper flowers and started pasting them to that boat trailer... My hand wasn't moving on its own. 
Wow. Someone really? was guiding me. Who? It was a drifter that had wandered uh, from a nearby parking lot. Oh and I think he also must have had some design instinct to him because he said, uh, you're, you're placing them erratically one after the other, one on top of the other, like building a house brick by brick. And he and I, uh, we worked through the night. And when the sun rose, it rose on a completed a Rose Bowl trailer. Amazing. Awesome. He wandered back off into the parking lot. Oh, and really? I realized that God had sent an emissary. And I've been designing in his name ever since. Mm -hmm. That is, that a, is God a God thing. thing. You That's know, I typically thing. don't trust any sort of drifter coming out of anywhere. But in this case, I think that is definitely a God thing. Well, you know, the Bible tells us that, um, you know, we could be entertaining angels at any point and that they can take the form of, again, this is going to sound like, you know, shape-shifting sci-fi stuff, but it's not. It's biblical that angels can take the form of, you know, let's say a man, you know, drifting up behind you quietly in a, out of a parking lot. Soundlessly. That's right. Just without a word, suddenly he was there. So he never said anything, eh? Until he was telling you you placed them wrong. He didn't need to. I think we were speaking the language of design, which we both expressed through those paper flowers on that boat trailer. Well, just like the crowds were following Jesus, we've got a mailbag question today from one of Jim's specific followers looking for some fashion advice. Oh, awesome. Let's okay, hear so it. Here we go. Dear Twin Hillers, my daughter Amanda is graduating this month, and we want to put a biblical message on the top of her mortarboard so that she can let people know about Christ's love while she accepts her diploma. Any advice on how to do it? Much love, Kim Dot. Well, I'm wondering, is this going to be one of those uh, sad virtual graduation ceremonies where oh, she'll I be in her house or will she really be marching right i guess we have no way of knowing let's assume she's marching let's hope for the best that's right oh first of all bravo for thinking to add a slogan like that to the top of your graduation mortar board now i am such a fan of using the tools at hand so as far as a quote i believe there's something along the lines of Adorn yourself in the lilies of the valley. Let the cries of joy of the children of the world be your cloak. Am I getting that at all right? Oh, that is a beautiful quote. That's from Lord of the Rings, isn't it? That's a bombadil. That is a bombadil. Wow. It's such a, a savage edit to keep him. I mean, it's his to, to keep him out of the films. It's his story. That's right. So that is a great idea. You're going to put the words of Bombadil on the top of the hat Tell to Bombadil. remind people of Jesus. I just think is a, I'm not I'm not quite sure how it connects. Well, but. I think people will make the connection. They'll say, oh, Tom Bombadil was from the Lord of the Rings. The Lord of the Rings was written by Tolkien. Tolkien was friends with right. C.S. Lewis. They would meet and talk about God at the Eagle's Nest in England. We won't talk about the fact that they would drink beer because Christians you know, have a little bit of different rules over there. And, um, and then they'll say, oh, that is pointing me toward Christ and the love of Christ and how it can transform my life. I think that'll be the mental process. It's better than just putting in John 3.16. Every Jamoke at a Pacer game does John 3.16. Ugh, oh, amateur hour. I, I mean, we know how it goes. This will be something fresh and new. 
You know, something that I often encourage my kids to do is, um, you know, the tassel when you turn your tassel. Yeah. I think that is such a great visual image of the whip that they used to beat Christ the with. The cat of nine tails. Right. And so sometimes I will say, you know, um, instead of, you know, tossing your hat, first take that tassel off and, um, you know, you could possibly marker it or dip it in some blood or something and just make sure that people go, when they ask you about it, you know, you say, this isn't just a tassel. This is a reminder of what we did to Christ. And that by his stripes, we are healed. Isn't that right? That is so nice. And because that moment has been just sort of a moment of, you know, joy. And to add a little bit of meaning to it is, is a really nice thing to do at the end of the graduation ceremony. Yeah, you know what? It is the only part of the Passion of the Christ that I fell asleep for, and I was so disappointed because I missed that part. You know what? My husband, Lance Labonte, wouldn't let me watch Passion of Christ because Jim Caviezel's body was too good. He was afraid I would stumble in lust. Oh, he's absolutely ripped. Jim Nifflin was played by Tim Sniffen. What a dear. You can see his great comedy writing on Work in Progress on Showtime. Please watch that show. Gosh, it's incredible and funny and full of heart. You can also hear him on Hello from the Magic Tavern. Follow Tim at Mr. Sniffin. I'm Holly Laurent playing Hallie Labonte, and Grey Haas was played by Greg Hess. Follow us and Mega the Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you really want to get out of hell free card, support us on Patreon. The link is in the show notes. <laughs>